You're listening to the Moving Overseas Podcast, Family Edition, with your host, Louise Rook. Welcome to the Moving Overseas Podcast. Now, I've been really looking forward to interviewing my next guest for this week's show. He is a pretty big deal in the UAE. His name is Hassan Danawi, or Big Hass, as he's known to his friends and in the industry. He is a Saudi national living in Sharjah with his family, and he has quite an impressive list of credits. Firstly, he's the co-host of Yalla Home, the drive-time show on Sharjah's Pulse 95 in the UAE. He's also the man who took hip-hop to Saudi and he hosts a hip-hop show on Mix FM. Now, along with that, he hosts a very popular show on YouTube called Buckle Up. If you think James Corden's driving show, but with hip-hop guests, you get the idea. Hass also teaches rhythm and poetry and is the founder of Revolt Blog and Revolt Magazine. Last month, Hass teamed teamed up with UK DJ and radio host Charlie Sloth to film the first Arab show of Fire in the Booth, a show where rappers rap live, and they filmed it live on the Palm in Dubai. Hass also recently hosted the Nickelodeon TV Awards in Abu Dhabi. He's also presented more than one TED Talk, and very recently, Apple hosted and featured him in their flagship store in Dubai Mall, where he attracted huge crowds. I'm extremely excited to have him on the show today. As I mentioned, Hass lives in Sharjah with his wife, who is from Lebanon, and his young son, and he is a big advocate for children with autism, which we're going to be discussing in the interview today. Hass, hello. Welcome to the show. Wow, what an intro. First of all, assalamu alaikum, <laughs> which means peace be upon you. Uh, thank you so much for, uh, this is definitely one of the best intros I've ever received and the Moving Overseas podcast. Really good to be here. Oh, God bless you. What an intro. I'm, I'm done. Drop the mic right now. Like, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Love it. Mic drop. Okay, well, look, let's get straight into this because I'm dying to ask you all these questions. I want to ask you to share your story first of what first prompted you to move over to Dubai from Saudi. Um, you said beautifully in your intro, I have, a, I have a 10-year-old son. He's my hero. His name is Ahmed. And uh, obviously, we found out that he's autistic when he turned around four. And obviously, we, you know, in Saudi Arabia, which is one of the most conservative countries in the world, we didn't know really whether shall we stay, shall we go? And there were a couple the things that that really kind of pushed us you know i believe in in signs i believe in things and there was a couple of things that kind of really pushed us to relocate to a place where they understand what is autism much more facilities around so this was it and i always say that obviously with everything that you said in the intro hip-hop and music and supporting local and regional talent is very important but if someone asked me the main question is because of my son that's the main reason why i moved crazy enough after like we've been here now for four years and a half obviously Saudi Arabia went through so much in terms of like everything that happened in Saudi Arabia, a lot of people would, uh, would argue like, hey, you could have done better career-wise in Saudi. I'm like, of course. Yeah, 100%. I would have been something really big in Saudi Arabia and now in terms of the entertainment industry and all that stuff. But my son comes first and family comes first. And that's where... Uh, you know, the whole thing kind of started and he's doing much better right now. He's, he's, he's communicating, he's talking, uh, eye contact is there. It's, it's just, he's much better. The, the, the society and the community over here, because of the diverse, uh, you know, there's 200 plus nationalities in the UAE and that really helps 
with how we vibe and we move around. So yeah, you know, wow. that's the main reason. I want to get more into that a little bit. But firstly, talk about what was the experience like for you moving from Saudi to Dubai as in the practical side of things? Was it an easy move? To be honest with you, this is the first time someone asked me that question. And I'm glad. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad because it was uh, it was a bit difficult. It was uh, like, I think it was our first big move. And obviously, Saudi Arabia, the UAE, you're still in the Gulf, but we had to take some stuff that we had home from Saudi or Jeddah, my hometown, to Dubai. And I don't know whether we picked the wrong movers or, you know, it was a, <laughs> it yeah. was a, it was like a, a every everyday struggle. I think the reason why I'm saying this is because about five years ago, I, I surprised my wife on a birthday trip from Jeddah to Dubai. Um, and we were just celebrating here. And this was the trip that we decided Wow, imagine we move here. So, this, right. you know, her birthday is in November. And obviously, just in January, a couple of months later, we actually moved. So I would say there's a couple of mistakes that we've done. Not a lot of research in terms of, uh, you know, who to pick and what to do and what are the things that are needed. Just because we were so excited to kind of get out of there and just kind of start a new life, new year, and just have Ahmed, our son, just, you know, giving him the facility um, that he was in in the beginning because we were in a facility before. Okay. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, it was very difficult, but, you know, it, we learned a lot. We laughed a lot, but, you know, it was interesting. Some stuff got lost. I, th I think it's really important, actually, you said there that you laughed a lot. And that's something that my husband and I have done a lot of over these different moves over the past 12 years because there's always things that go wrong and there's always challenges. And actually, if you lose your sense of humor about them, it becomes very stressful. That's actually yeah. facts. I've heard the, the, the first episode you did, and I, yes. loved, I loved what you said about that. I think that's, th those are facts. I think me and my wife, we would both agree. This definitely happened uh, to both of us. But it was just even, even meeting the, the, the movers because as part of what we moved by land. So it took like seven, six days to come through and some stuff were there, some stuff were not there, some stuff oh. were... Um, some yes. some some doors were missing from the cupboard. <laughs> oh, it's the, the shipping stories. I love the shipping stories. In fact, I yeah. may just do a whole episode about people's shipping nightmares. I think you should. Yeah, it's yeah. One. So, would you say that thinking about things that were particularly challenging, just in terms of the actual move, was shipping really up there? Were there some other things that were particularly challenging? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's shipping, but also to be honest with you, it is cultural behavior we have in the Gulf. Mm -hmm. generally i'm talking about customer service over here so like maybe maybe when we talk about you know like oh the west have a certain standard when it comes to customer service you know maybe in the arab region i'm really big on customer service i think it's really really important to have i i didn't i didn't feel that and maybe that's because of my research again of our research that we did it was really quick we moved from from jeddah to dubai we moved like in four days technically speaking wow. The whole thing was really quick. We booked the ticket. We even when we landed to Dubai, we we didn't have an apartment. We stayed in a in a hotel for like a month until I found a job. I didn't even find a job. It was that. That's why I'm saying for me, 80% of it because we just wanted the whole attention was to make Ahmed kind of feel better, and he felt better on the on on, on the get go. But yeah, it was like a, a mix between I would say shipping. And also how people deal, how certain people deal with your goods generally. Like it's, you know, if you have something that it's for like 20, 30 years been in your place and someone would throw it in front of you and like, oh no. And, mm. and, and, and moving, you know, getting it into the house, let's say they would bump the, the wall and the wall is already white and like, oh my God, all this thing. <laughs> 
I think it's a thing for everyone that, that does move overseas. Everyone's experienced watching the, the shipping company pack their items and then throw them into the truck or where, you know, however it's done. And, and there is always that sense of, you know, that, that's yeah. my family's heirloom or that's my <laughs> child something that you're tossing yeah. around. Yeah. So, yeah, I totally yeah. get that. So you said when you arrived, you obviously um, stayed in a hotel and then you found the apartment. So I want to talk about renting a villa. And I was talking to Anna mm. about this on the on the previous interview. Shout out Anna Schofield. Yeah, sister and radio host extraordinaire. So she obviously rents, she rents a house. So when, when you moved over there, did you rent your apartment or did you buy it? And how easy was the process? Okay, the, uh, thank you for asking that question. To be honest with you, it was process itself is easy to find a place, mm-hmm. but the, the whole, it's way different than Saudi Arabia. So, so let, let me just paint a quick picture. In Saudi Arabia, if you go to a place and you want to rent it, uh, there aren't, I would say, 10 people fighting on the same place or something like that. I, w- I felt the same thing over here. Like if you would delay two, three hours of saying no, the place would go. Saudi wow. Arabia, there's no problem there like that. The people there, it's a bit of a slow pace in Saudi Arabia. That's what I mean. Mm-hmm. Over here, the, the challenging part, which I didn't know about at all, was like, oh, you need to do a lot of steps in order for you to be even eligible. In some places, you need to even give an offer. We're renting, we're not buying. We're not in a position to buy financially right now, so we rented. But I made an offer, and then two, three hours later, I called, and the guy said, yeah, sorry, it's gone. I'm like, what do you mean it's gone? Like, we, we like that place. Like, you know, so yeah, sorry, you didn't yeah. give us a check. I'm like, oh, I didn't know I had to give you a check. And again, it's just different from, I think, a booker to booker, a place to place. But that was our experience when we first moved in here. So when we finally found our first apartment, <laughs> I looked at my wife. I was like, I have my checkbook. Let's get this yeah. one. Let's get this one. <laughs> That's my checkbook. Let me get it. And that's exactly what happened, you know? And then you realize that you have other things to do, you know, like getting getting the electricity set. And there's yeah. like steps that you need to do, obviously, in, in, in Dubai, which I like. And, and this is one thing, like as a Saudi, I'll tell you, if there's any Saudis that would listen to this podcast, they would understand that there is a big love between Saudi and the UAE. We look up to the country of the United Arab Emirates in terms of the customer service. Uh, I'm talking about governmental paperwork. Everything is done online. Everything is done fast. It's not that way in Saudi Arabia. That was four years ago. It's getting better a bit right now, but that was, for me, that was incredible. I go to the electricity office. I find no queue. It's really simple, really easy. And because I am also a a member of the Gulf countries, because I'm also Saudi, it's really simple. They make it really simple for you. Like all I had to do to get my driving license, for example, is just give my Saudi driving license. And on the spot, I got an Emirati driving license, which was yeah. very, very, like I would say that the paperwork was really easy and simple. That's actually really encouraging. I think that when we moved over there, it was obviously 12 years ago. And Anna was saying that things have really progressed yeah. in that time. So it's definitely, it's moved on. And I think everything is a little bit simpler than it than it was. I can remember going to get my driver's license and it definitely wasn't as easy as that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, I think things definitely changed changed but you know again um, I feel like definitely thankful there's definitely a, a, a privilege you feel because you you feel like you're in your own country as a yes. as a Saudi you're treated as a as an Emirati in a way but going back to the moving aspect I would say I wish I just had more research done and I just wish I had uh, a little bit of kind of someone maybe I knew that kind of educated me because I didn't know I didn't know a lot of people back then over here and I didn't know what to do in terms of like, okay, we found a place. The check system, see in Saudi Arabia, Luis, we don't have that. 
We don't have a check system. You you pay whatever you can pay. <laughs> That's it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we're going to get into the pricing in a little bit. But for me, I was like, wow, I'm going to give four checks in advance already. I didn't even never had a checkbook. So when I even went to the bank, I ne- like the, the guy said, you have to sign four checks, the same signature. I'm like, I never signed a check in my life. What are you talking about? I don't like checks. So like for me, it was a, it was a crazy, it was a crazy thing. And every single year, I'm about to renew my rent, for example, for this year. And I'm having this anxiety thing like, oh, these four checks needs to be signed in the same thing. Because if you're not signed the same thing, you know, the check might bounce back and you get, you know, penalty and like, oh yes. my God. <laughs> I remember the process well. And actually, we were the same as you. We didn't do enough research. And that's one thing that I mentioned in an earlier episode about how it's so important that you do your research because we arrived in Dubai and there were so many things that we went, oh, uh, didn't realize. And, you know, I think we had to pay six months rent um, because back then you couldn't even get four checks. You were lucky oh, if wow. you could get too so that's fine if your employer is moving you over there fact if you are moving just as a family you know that that's that's very tough and no thank you for addressing that i think that was also a a, a big issue that we face because you know let's say you're paying a house a hundred thousand dirham a year and so that means that you have to give 50 now and then 50 later which sometimes with the situation you don't know if you're able to get what if you don't have that 50 now i think that the the way i want to put it in is like dubai the UAE is a bit fast paced and that was the first year for me personally I'm used to the slow pace kind of thing. Like Jeddah for me was very slow. Everything is kind of slow. And and yes, it did annoy me for a bit, but I kind of miss that now. I miss that kind of slow. Everything is going to take its time. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I love it. Like it's incredibly amazing over here, but the life itself, it's very fast paced over here. Yeah. Um, and because I've, I've experienced both, I sometimes find myself missing that old uh, kind of slow. I mean, everything is different here over here, to be honest with you. Even the finishing of the apartments or where you are, you, you live at a different standard than Jeddah Saudi Arabia. For example, my wife is not a really big fan of Windows AC. I'm not sure if you know what I'm talking about, but like the, the ACs, Window AC. Uh, she's not a big fan of that. And in Jeddah in Saudi Arabia, we had Window ACs for Do you mean like the, the, the AC system that sits in a window pane? Yes, that's yes. it. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not a fan of those either. I know. Yeah. So she, when we first moved in, like you rarely find an apartment with a Window AC in, in Dubai, for example. No. Rarely find. It's all that kind of electric kind of central system kind of thing going on. And that's why I'm talking about the, the, the level of living is a bit, uh, is a bit higher, higher. Than, than Jeddah. Yeah. And of course, you pay higher for that and totally understand. But again, it circles back to uh, our son, you know, and, you know, we were in a, uh, some sort of a facility in the beginning. I've saved up a little bit money uh, for him to be joining that facility. So in the first actually seven, eight months, he was in that facility and he really improved a lot and he was doing much, much better every single kind of day. And we were like, it's a good move. Let's talk about your son, Ahmed, and especially his schooling. Is he homeschooled or does he go to school? And do you think that there's enough support for kids with special needs in the UAE? Yeah, no, thank you for that question as well. Um, I would say it's, uh, so yes, he is homeschooled. The main reason for that is financially, I'm not able to to put him in school. But I would say that's 50 or 60% of the reason. The other percentage, the other reasons are, if I want to put him in school, I have to put him in a school where they, they, would, they would accept, for example, an autistic child. And if that's the case, he needs to have a shadow teacher, which yes. also adds to the whole finances. So mm-hmm. I even went to the extent of asking Ken, for example, 
example, my wife join in? Is it? No, they're like, no way. They're, you have to hire a, a shadow teacher, somebody who is obviously a therapist or, or, or a junior therapist, somebody who will be with him. So that was challenge number one. Challenge number two, and to be honest with you, it's a bit um, maybe controversial for many people. I don't know if school is the best thing for my son specifically I'm talking about now. Mm-hmm. The homeschooling have opened his mind to so many things. Like it's crazy just watching him. And obviously he just turned 10. He knows things that I don't know if other 10-year-old would know, for example. He's just in his own space and we're with him in that space. We've actually entered that space with him. And uh, it's just been amazing to watch him uh, like that. The main concern that I have, and I'll get into your question in a second, but there are a couple of schools who accept autistic kids, but at the same time, there isn't one school that is 100% all of it is autistic. The schools, sometimes they, they, they would deal with kids that have Down syndrome or special needs kids. They all kind of put together in one space, which I respect and I love that. I really appreciate that. And that's one thing about the UAE in terms of the awareness level in the United Arab Emirates. I'm talking about even local. I'm not talking about the expats, the Western population. No, I'm talking about the local population. Emiratis in the UAE actually understand and the, all the government um, kind of officials know autism because they push that. They push that. It's not a disease. It's a, it's a way of life. And I love and respect that. But the problem is I, I, I don't want to put my son uh, in a place where it's only special needs. I, I want him to be focused and I want a one-on-one kind of approach, which it doesn't exist, sadly, in the UAE. It does exist in the States. Uh, it does yeah. exist in Canada. We've done our research. And that's, I think, the most important thing because when it comes to autism, people would know that it's more like a, we have to get into their world. And uh, I don't think Ahmed would um, would do well. We don't have the, the, the luxury to, to even try. And that's sometimes I feel guilty about, but he's doing much, much better right now. It's interesting because we're obviously, we live in Chicago or in the suburbs of Chicago and my younger son, who is 12, he goes to the local elementary school and certainly there is a blend there, you know, that there are um, kids with special needs, learning difficulties, you know, there's autistic kids and it's nice that they're all integrated together. Um, So I understand what you're saying and that homeschooling is obviously better for him. It's interesting that you say about homeschooling, how it opens their minds to so many different things. I think that's so true because there are probably activities and lessons that you give him that he wouldn't receive if he was at school. Yeah, I mean, me me and my my wife, God bless her, I think we we work like that as a, as a team real well like that. And I think, I think it all goes back. It goes back, of course, you know, there are children, we're going to love them, we're going to do whatever it is. I'm being very, very frank right here. I really have fun with my wife and my son. And when I say fun, meaning like I'd rather stay in or go out with them and do stuff together as the trio and I'll be super fine. I'm talking about me personally. So, and it's the same thing with them. It's not more like a, oh, I have to do this because I'm a, I'm, I'm the husband, I'm the, I'm the father. No, it comes in. I genuinely, genuinely love it. So it's more like a, it's, it's, it's educating me. And if actually mm-hmm. Ahmed have taught me patience. Anyone who knows me, I'm a very, very passionate man. Maybe when it comes to autism, uh, you have to be also very patient, and you have to understand. You know, if you're asking for something, you have, you can't say, for example, Ahmed, give me that, give me that. Hey, what? And he taught me all that. And we do get, to be honest with you, especially in the Arab region, a lot of people do give us, um, it's pressure. It's a lot of pressure when we see friends, for example, that have kids that go to school. Oh, so hey, how's Ahmed school doing? Oh, he's not going to school. Oh, why? Like, you don't want to send him to school. Oh, that'd be bad in the future, you know, like, and, 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 and you get all these looks and I'm like, yeah, but you know, we're, we're doing it based on our pace and based on our experience. I'm not saying don't go to school. 
and anyone who's listening to podcasts, I'm definitely not saying that. All I'm just saying is that work what works for you. Sometimes you have to go against the current. And in this case, you know, that, that that's the way it is, you know, and I truly, truly believe in that. I, I agree. I think it's all down to the, the child themselves as well. And you know, as his parent, what is best for your son. I also want to talk about the cost of living in Dubai. And I, I did touch on, on this with Anna a little bit. I, I'm interested in your view on the cost of living, but also in comparison to Saudi. It's mad. It's mad, fam. Is it? I am. I, thank you so much for even you're, you're you're hitting the nail with these questions. Oh man, I'm just letting it out right now because I am so <laughs> so down. So in Saudi, let me give you let me give you a picture. In Saudi Arabia, you would rent a four room apartment, right? Like mm-hmm. a two bedroom and a two room, like a living room and a dining room and two bathrooms, kitchen. You would rent it for twenty five thousand dirham a year, which is approximately around I would say eight thousand dollars. You know? Wow. Um, yeah, you wouldn't even get one studio with that price over here. No. <laughs> the first apartment we we rented was uh, costed us a uh, hundred and ten thousand per year. Now, yeah, and that's around thirty thousand dollars I would say a year. That was a huge leap for us. Like that. Yeah. Man. Were you? <laughs> prepared for that had you no, I know you said no. that you hadn't really done much research before you moved but had you actually looked into that yeah no no we we definitely kind of knew we, we we've seen the prices but um uh in my specific thing um I when when we came here like I told you we didn't we didn't I mean I had a job but then I found a job and then I, the, the the company did a very uh, kind of nasty move on me they hired me and then after a month they kind of let me go so I was like oh so January I think first of January we came here on the on Valentine's Day, I remember on that year, I got let go from that company. I was like, "Oh my god!" Wow, happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, exactly. That was the, the same feeling. I was like, "What?" And uh, you know, again, blessings to God. The way it is, it's like God puts you in a p- certain positions, but you know, it, it was tough to handle. But it was all part of the test. So when when I was let go. I kind of had to turn to other things at that point and start, you know, doing emceeing job, voiceover jobs a little bit here and there and just kind of uh, freelancing in a way or another and just getting culturally together, getting this rappers here, this singers here, curating festivals and events and stuff like that, which now when you look back at it, it is what I do now. And, um, and look is, how successful you are. I mean, you were obviously meant to lose that job on, on February yeah. 14th because yeah. this is what Facts. you were supposed to be doing. Facts, exactly. So, but, but, the, but the rates, I mean, the cost of living over here in terms of the, the renting is, I really urge anybody who is um, obviously, you know, trying to move, especially to the UAE, uh, yeah, you know, just to do a lot of research. And mm. also there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of talk and there's a lot of, um, how do I say this? Misinformation? It's not, yeah, it's not, it's not 100% honest the whole time. Let me, mm-hmm. let me, let me break it down. Me, meaning, okay, they would tell you, yes, this would cost 110000 per year. But if you pay one check, I can go down to 80, which is the negotiations now starting. I'm like, oh, I can pay one check, 90,000. Uh, and, and obviously for the, for the owner, that's super good because they would get that check and they forget you for the rest of the year. And I totally get it. In my case, it's always been four checks, to be honest. And that, that is why the rent always increases. Now, that being said, you still can get very good deals. And I re- we realize that, that you can get good deals, but you live kind of outside Dubai and what's popping and what's What's trending at that point? I wanted to be close to certain areas in Dubai because uh, my son was going to that to that facility I told you about. We mm. used to go to a few places in the beginning because we were new. 
I didn't want to be in a place where I didn't know the area really well, far off. And like I said, again, we, we took a place where it's very close to my work because in, in case something happened, I'm very gladly go back quickly home. Yeah. But that all kind of, obviously, these are the things. But I would say research, research, research and check out with more than one place. But have your checkbook with you. Wherever you go, have your checkbook <laughs> with you. Because if you like a spot, just book it. And you done. just got to take it. Yeah, that's my advice for sure. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. Hey, listen, I'd like to invite you to join my Facebook group. You can find it by searching under groups for families moving forward slash living overseas. And the group is made up of people just like you who have either made an international move recently, they're in the throes of prepping for one, or who have been living overseas for quite a few years. The group is growing bigger every day with members from all over the world. So if you have questions or maybe you're looking for some resources or connections, this group might just have what you're looking for there are also some great opportunities coming up for members only in the group by way of discounts and giveaways so make it a priority join for free today families moving forward slash living overseas on facebook i also i want to know on the fun side of things what do you love about your life in dubai or just Mm. life in general in dubai what is it that you love wow i mean man you're asking the best questions yeah no because usually it's only hip-hop and uh, music and stuff like that which is really interesting to be honest with you i love the fact i'm with the I'm, i'm i'm with the family here but also the diversity the diversity of the ue specifically like this is just a fact that i kind of learned 85 percent of the people that live in saudi arabia are actually the Saudis. The remaining 15% are Arab expats. Wow, um, I did not know that. This is a fact. Over here, it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. 80% or 85% who live in the UAE are not uh, Emirati, which is very interesting because it's a place where a lot of people come here to make bread or make, make money. And then what happens is that maybe three, four years, five years down the line, they decide to go back or move or relocate, which is sometimes for, for artists, specifically when I talk to artists, they were like, every four or five years, we have to build a new fan base because it changes. It's a very young, obviously very young country. I just love the diversity in it. Just to answer your question in a direct way, it is definitely the diversity. I love the fact that you would see, you know, from, from an Indian to a Filipino to a, someone from Australia, someone from the UK, someone from the United States, someone from Syria, someone from Egypt, and it's all kind of in together, which proves the fact that we could all live together, all live different together. national, different religions, right? Yes. Uh, I love I love the tolerance that this country has. Like we have, you know, there's obviously churches, mosques. The, the, the tolerance that uh, the UAE has is very inspiring. Not a lot of Arabs would see that sometimes. I get that politics side of it. But for me personally, I, I see it as a, as, a, as a great thing. At the end of the day, we're all one. Like it doesn't really matter. And, and all the books, all the religions say peace, peace, peace. So I love that the fact that they, you know, keep pushing that. And to be honest with you, I, when I, I first learned English in Sharjah, where I am right now. I'm not sure if I said this story even before, but I'll just say it real quick. So my dad one day, may he still rest in peace, kind of walked in the house. I was about 17. And he walked in and he said, son, you're just getting bigger and stupider. That's exactly what he said. In Arabic, it sounds less harsh. And I was like, why? He's like, you have no English language. I didn't speak English when I was 17. I learned English. Yeah, that was basketball and obviously hip hop. And this is where I relocated from Saudi to Sharjah. And the interesting fact is, obviously, like you said, I am a co-host right now with Anna on Yellow Home and Pulse 95 Radio in Sharjah. 
And when I first, three years ago, when I first went to meet the boss and to check the job, I was like, I know this area very well. Our place was behind the station, which is crazy how life kind of, I messaged my mother. I was like, yo, we used to live here. Yeah. And this is where I learned English. I learned English in Sharjah in the International School of Shreifat. And I fell in love with basketball. I fell in love with hip hop. I used to watch basketball all day. I got the American accent from the movies, from the music. And I just started thinking in English. And then the funniest, craziest thing happened. The principal of the school, uh, I believe she's from the UK, um, Mrs. Miles. God rest her soul in peace. She's incredible. She saw me and she gave me a chance to go to a place in the UK. And you're going to pl- laugh probably right now. Um, I went to Yorkshire. <laughs> this is where I learned English. I was the only Arab. I was sent as a scholarship from the school there. And it was my first official flight. And my dad and my mom was super nervous, but I flew and I got there. I went to Manchester and from Manchester, we drove. And I was like, wow, it's so green. It's so cold. Oh, I yeah, love it. That's exactly right. It is green <laughs> and, and it is cold. <laughs> yeah. And I was the only Arab in the English center course. It was like How a- How incredible. How old were and you? I was, I would say 18, 18, 18. Wow, yeah, 18. what an experience. And it was an incredible, I love it. And, and every time I tell my, my British friends, like, Yorkshire? Like, what? What are you talking about? They're, Why Yorkshire? <laughs> it's always places. an icebreaker. Yeah, yeah, it's always an icebreaker. But again, the funniest thing happened. So after the three-week course, I took the best student award from the, from the facility simply because I was the only one not speaking my native language because I had nobody to speak with. That was wow. it. So it was so funny. It, it really improved my English a lot. Well, it must have done because you were thrown in, obviously, yeah. you know, yeah. with, with, and nobody probably spoke your language. There was a lot of Spanish. There was a lot of uh, Mexican. There was a lot of uh, Europeans, exactly. Yeah. But there was no Arabs. I was the only Arab. And I, they would all get together and, and chill together, talk together. I felt lonely at some point but then I had to speak English you know because yeah. I was forced to communicate well and so, they yeah. you know they say that actually the best way for a child certainly to learn a new language is actually to just move there and, and let them go because that's and, exactly and it is what easy. happened the, in my case yeah yeah and the younger you are I think the easier it is you were very brave I think 18 to do that I, I shout out to my dad and I, again you know he he had this vision because when he said that he was right as a Saudi I wasn't allowed to go to a private school in Saudi at that point and the public schools didn't really teach English. I don't know what language they taught us. It wasn't English. It was something else. It was like a weird, weird thing. And, and, and again, as a Saudi, I was not allowed to go to a private schools where they taught the real English, like the, you know, the, you know, the, actual, the actual courses. So it was really crazy. Now, obviously, it's different. You can apply and you can go in and, and you know, get education there. But in my case, it wasn't that. So my dad had a vision and he's like, you're not going to get a job. You're not going to get anything without that language. You have to have a language. You have to have English language. It is the most important language in the world and in, and then obviously we moved here to Sharjah out of all these places and then a year later I was sent to Yorkshire stayed there two weeks and my dad actually paid an additional two weeks from his side because it was two weeks on the school and he's like no no stay there another two weeks and it was just incredible experience I loved it it was definitely one of the most amazing places that I've seen and it was just big learning thing for me I yeah. made so many friends well, from there as well and I, I mean I love Yorkshire Yorkshire is a beautiful place and also the people are very friendly in Yorkshire so actually it was probably yeah. a great place for you to land in the UK Facts. 
Um, and you were talking before we got onto that, you were talking about what you kind of love about Dubai. And I just wanted to say that I really liked you were talking about how it's kind of a melting pot and mm. the diversity there. And, and I have to say that that is what I loved about Dubai. And that's what I loved for my kids because mm. they now have friends and so do I all over the world. I have friends of all different nationalities. And I mm. think that's such a great thing. And like you say, everybody lives together. So it proves. Yeah. that you know you can do that different religions different races and everybody's just getting on i love that you said that yeah i mean you know again because of the technology as well they're they're very big on technology here which i love like they're everything is very easy accessible uh, obviously like i said it's a new country as well you know like it's 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 a young country mm. um i love the fact that they also big big up the women in the country a lot of women uh work in big big positions especially in government positions and i love that we do have the Ministry of Happiness, like we have a minister, and she is actually the Minister of Happiness in the wow, UAE, really, which is just yeah. I mean, I mean, this doesn't happen. I don't think it exists anywhere else in the world. In the world, the UAE government actually created this Minister of for Happiness. That is cool, you know. Like <laughs> I'm like, so I love that, yeah. And she's so good. She's incredible, and um, it's it's been a blessing, really. I don't think my son Ahmed would have been doing much better like that. And this is why when you talk about moving, you definitely talk about the expenses and you talk about the things that happened to you and all the headaches and all the dialogues and the fights that you had on the phone with the shipping company and all that stuff. <laughs> then you realize, you look at your son's eyes and you look at, he's doing well and he's yeah. just getting better. Um, there's a lot of things that he likes to do over here. So yeah, you think definitely worth it. So come on, what drives you crazy though about living in the UAE? What would you change if you could? I'm going to be honest, like crazy rates. I mean, uh, costs, fees, uh, yeah. rents, whatever you want to call it. That that needs to, that's the only thing I'll be honest with you. You call me at the right time. I'm about to renew where we at right now. We actually shifted apartments just uh, last year, actually, you know, just before the pandemic hit and we moved to a, a better location, a better, much more community, a bit cheaper but way better uh, because we had experience right now. We know how to negotiate. We know where to look. Uh, I would say it's the it's the cost of living. Like, just make it easy on us. Like, uh, the place where I'm at right now, it's a two-bedroom apartment. I'm paying 95000 dirham. It is a lot. Like, yeah. and, and, and you got to pay per checks. Like, you know, four checks, it's around 24000 dirham a check. And it's just, a, 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 yeah. you know, it's like, ah. I feel for the brothers and sisters, you know, obviously that have still school. I don't even pay school and I'm struggling. <laughs> Well, I was just about to say, actually, that's what kind of made our decision to leave in the end, because coupled with the rent and the school fees for two kids, it was killing us. And so, you know, we did make the decision when a job came up in Canada, we decided to go with that. And and I think that is something for people who are making a move to the UAE for the first time. You know, the cost is, is something to really research because it is, you know, the school fees and rent are probably the two biggest costs that you're going to come across and they're not cheap. Facts, I think, uh, yeah. I mean, again, again, there are places, it depends where. Like if you're coming in single over here, I mm-hmm. think that you can definitely find bargains. Yes. Um, if you don't care about the community, who's with you, what is, the, if you're just there to make money and it's going to save money, I think you'll be able to figure it out. Problem sure. happens when you have a family and you got kids and you want to make sure it's a community and it's nice and, you know, there's a place where, you know, for example, my, my wife is a, my wife doesn't work, she freelances here and there, 
but I want her to be at a place where she can maybe go out for a walk or do this. It's accessible for her because of my son as well. If I'm at work and we're, we're a place she's comfortable in, I'm comfortable in, my son is comfortable in. Sadly, these things sometimes obviously would coast. I would just say, I want to throw it out there in the world. If we're able to kind of kind of play with coasts a little bit, I don't know, even the word understanding is not even it. I'm just like, it would just make it the best. Yes. It would be incredible because it was just, it's very tough right now because to be honest with you, like you said, you work, you work, you work, you work, you work, and you're not even owning your your, your place. Yeah. You're renting. Just wish, wish they could make it a, a better deal. But that's the way it is. You know, a lot of people also share houses and stuff like that and share rents, uh, which again, doesn't apply for us. No, and I and definitely think you're right. As a single person or even as a single couple, it's uh, it can be a, a much cheaper. But I think when you move over there as a family and you want all of those things that you talked about when, when you have kids and and if you are sending your kids to school again it's an it's another cost so yeah i, I would agree i'm going to shout out all the parents out there it's, it's very difficult out there for all parents i mean i see you i see your struggle keep working it will definitely get better tell me about your son's experience what's it been so far growing up in charger for him it's been incredible so we got him one time a toy and this toy had three options how to fix that toy it was i think it was a lego or like not the lego company it was something puzzle uh, how, how to fix it and it was had only three options option a b and c he opened it played with it a little bit and then we came back after like 45 minutes and we found a fourth option it wasn't in the catalog or whatever it is so what he did for me he didn't look at the instructions Instructions, opened, opened the, start playing with it without opening the instructions. For me, the philosophical person in me started saying, yeah, this, this guy is not, he's kind of making his own rules, which I like. I, I love it. I have a blog called Revolt in Saudi Arabia. I host Saudi's first and only FM hip hop radio show. My wife is a plus size fashion blogger in the Arab region. We're, we're all as a family going against the curve. I love the fact that he is kind of also the same. He's guy. obviously following you guys. He, he doesn't care. I love the fact he doesn't care about what people think. And I think we, I learned a lot from that because I used to really care about what people think. And so the, the reason why I say that story is that his mind every single day, it's just for autistic parents, for, for autism parents, sometimes it's like, if your son talks to you, it's like, wow. Yeah, this is the craziest day, the best day in the world. And this is what happened when we first moved in. Like if he says, you know, mom, dad, I love you, or comes, hugs you out of nowhere. You go like, whoa. For maybe for kids with no autism, when they do that, you find that maybe sometimes, oh, it's a regular thing or whatever it is. But for us, it was like every single counted. And the reason why I love the UAE and we love the UAE is because we started experiencing all these things that Ahmed is experiencing in the UAE. So the UAE will always have a special place in our heart because of all the things that we kind of experienced with Ahmed here. You know, yeah. he kind of grew here. He's he's getting taller. He's uh, his his dent, for example, his dentist. God bless her, Dr. Dina. I would definitely recommend Dr. Dina. Maybe I'll I'll send you her details. But she is incredible with kids, and she was so good with him. And uh, we we we're having trouble with with Ahmed uh, because again, he's autistic to to brush his teeth. Big problem, really. To, yeah. to be honest with you, how do we deal with that? How do we find somebody who's understanding and not, hey, how come he doesn't brush his teeth? And she was so good with him. And so we've been here for four years right now. We we went to the, we, we go to her every every year a couple of times. 
the last time we went to her, which was like two, three months ago, he was so good. Uh, obviously, it's still an experience because he sits on my lap and I sit on the chair of the dentist as if I'm doing it. It's like a war. And I hold him and she goes there and she does her thing really quickly and get out and then it's, everything is okay. But he's understanding it slowly, slowly. Do you see the UAE as a long-term home? I just had this conversation yesterday with my wife. We, we love to watch Friends and talk. We do that. We watch Friends on Netflix and kind of we, we pause a little bit and we start talking about these big topics. So, so this discussion kind of went yesterday. To be honest with you, the, hunt, the, 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 the answer is yes. I think we're going to be sticking here for a while because, because technically speaking, I come from a creative background. She comes from a creative background. I don't know what job do we can find in US or Canada, for example, in terms of, because I love radio. I want to work in radio. I want to work in creatives. I want to work in local and regional talent and culture. And I think that kind of position there uh, is really kind of occupied unless it's a, it's a big university, for example, and they want to do work with Middle Eastern studies and stuff like that. I'd love that opportunity. But for now, I think that's the way it is. And uh, we're kind of using the fact that I am, I'm, I'm, I'm a Saudi myself. And it, it's really helping out a lot of things. I eventually want to start my own business, whether it's a, a that's the first time I'm actually talking about it right here on exclusive for you. Yes, um, great. You. Go ahead. Talk I, about it. I want to start, I want to start a restaurant, but at the same time, it's not a, it's not your typical restaurant. It's a spoken word restaurant. So meaning you can have a bite to eat and listen to somebody do poetry and mainly poetry. I want it to become this cultural hub. Uh, I wanted uh, the restaurant. I want it to be like um, a library as well that has books, cultural books. And uh, I want it to be like a, this cultural thing, but also that's something I've always been thinking about. One other dream of mine I have is launching a basketball court because I love basketball and I have a philosophy. I'm currently writing a book called Basketball Equal Life. And I'm, I'm explaining in the, in the book how basketball kind of saved my life and how it is still giving to me, although I don't play a lot as I used to, but I mean, I love basketball, what it stands for. My kids would love that because um, Shout out to them. my my younger son, Freddie, is a big basketball player. Yeah, he's, he's with the one team. One-on-one, Freddie, let's go. Yeah, he, he would take <laughs> him up on that any day of the week. I think that's great. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely love to stay here for sure. Like I think it, it will only, it's difficult to be honest with you, the, 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 the cost of living, the Everything is a bit is a bit over my capabilities right now, and that's why I kind of run out of oxygen. To be honest with you, with everything that went on with the pandemic last year, I I didn't MC any gig. I depend a lot on the MCing because the radio itself is not sustainable it's not enough. enough. Yeah. So I do other works, and and again, advice to anybody tuning in. If you're moving to the UAE, if you don't have that best job, you got to secure another income. You're not going to be able to make it in a comfortable way. And again, I'm saying it depending on how you live your life. Look, as a family, we don't really go out much. We don't do extravagant things. We're just kind of really living. We're kind of going by. We, we go out, you're grocery shopping and, uh, you know, obviously a little bit here and there, but it's not extra, not nothing crazy. And we're yeah. still able. We're not able to, you know, book a book a holiday or get a ticket somewhere nice. And it's been tough for us. I do hear you. I completely understand because this is exactly how we felt. And we were there five years. And don't get me wrong, because we loved it. And mm. we loved living in Dubai and we met wonderful people. And I just think it is a fantastic place. But the cost killed us. And we just, you know, we were getting by. But like you said, we were not able to really have any holidays or vacations or whatever you call them. And we weren't living an extravagant lifestyle so I totally understand what, where you're coming from there and you've said this really but if you were to give like a couple of really important pieces of advice to new families who are moving to the UAE for the first time what would they be? So if it's a family with kids um, and you have to do that 
work, which means like go online and check out all the websites, whether it's the property finders and, 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 and other obviously, you know, websites that you can find and, and compare. The only advice, I mean, obviously it depends on each family, but the only advice I would say is if you found a place and you like it, take it. Yeah. Yes. That, that's something I've experienced more than one time. And I don't know how it is. Maybe my experience was, was terrible like that, but, but where we really found a place that we loved in the beginning and it, really two hours, it kind of disappeared. So that kind of really put us down. I would say that. And of course, study it. Like study, study the amount of um, know, know that there is a check system over here where you have to, if you're renting a place with a hundred thousand, you know, dirham a year that either you can get it with one check, two checks, and that will definitely make, try to bargain, always bargain. Actually, I, I got this rate right now by bargaining a little bit. Yeah. When I say bargain, just, you know, negotiate. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm using bargain. It's not like, no, but no I mean, yeah, yeah. Why no, not? 100%. Yeah, 100%. I, I, we, we used to do the same. Absolutely. Oh, like, just open it up. Like, don't don't get anything that they tell you like that. And just, you know, kind of, because it's a, I don't know if the, the word I'm looking for, I really need my co-host right now. And <laughs> sleazy, it's like more, she would help me out with it. You don't trust anyone. And I can't trust anyone in terms of like, uh, you know, the rates and stuff like that. Yes. What's better here? Make sure um, that's my definitely 100% advice. Before you book and you take the apartment, make sure you, you search all of it and you check out the water thing. No leakage, none of that. Because so many people moved in and then they realized that there's something leaking from whatever. This is leaking from there. And there's many problems in the apartment. Once you move in, it's over. Like they're not going to be- They won't care. They won't care and they won't <laughs> fix it. So again, it depends on your situation, of course, as moving and, and stuff like that. But I would say these are the main two, you know? If you like a place, book it on the spot, but make sure that you obviously check it out thoroughly. Yeah, yeah. like go more than one time. Brilliant. They are brilliant pieces of advice. So lastly, you know, we've been going at this for an hour and I could talk to you all day, to be honest, but I know that God you bless. have other things to do because you're a busy man. Just it's all good. I'm really enjoying this. By the way, whoever is listening to this, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, shame on you. Subscribe and like this podcast because it's about to get incredible. I'm just telling you what is, you know, the fact. Well, now that I've interviewed you, it's about to go boom. <laughs> um, so come on, Hass, plug time. Where can people listen to you? Where can they find your show on YouTube? Give us all the details because I know that after this interview people who are listening are going to want to find you God bless uh, so basically Big Hass is the name of the channel you definitely can, can check it out there don't forget the etch please because that's always a problem Big Hass very very important uh, <laughs> second of all Buckle Up obviously um, is my show it's like kind of my uh, my YouTube show um, obviously before the pandemic happened I used to get artists and people in, in Dubai drive around Dubai and interview them when the pandemic happened I didn't really pick up anyone in my car so I kind of moved it to Zoom, which opened the door for me to interview people outside the UAE, which is just remarkable and amazing. So it's not only now based in the UAE, it's like kind of worldwide. It's kind of my baby because I have no sponsors there. This is not a station. I don't have to be politically right or whatever. I can be myself and the artists can be themselves. And I think this is the most important thing I love about this podcast for me. Yeah, you can definitely find me on on, on all the socials, Instagram, Twitters, Facebook, at Big Hass, uh, B-I-G-H-A-S-S. And you'll be able to connect with me and you know definitely have a conversation about how beautiful this podcast has been.
I've found you on social media <laughs> you did. and on YouTube. Yeah, I yeah, did. We've been, yeah. we've been DMing all, all night. Oh, we have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're big DMers now. I just want to say thank you so much because it has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and to find out all of your answers because, you know, people's experiences of moving to the UAE are very different. And I think it's been really interesting um, talking to you in particular because you've moved over from Saudi and, you know, your experience experience and why you did it was was very different so i just want to say a huge thank you for taking the time to come and speak to me no god bless you i really enjoyed my time never really get asked all these questions and i hope people really re realize at the end of the day like you said everybody has a different kind of moving experience just know that you know if what what you're moving for and why you're doing it make sure you know you just be happy and stay consistent with that and be grateful to everything that we have especially with these kind of crazy times that we have. So I hope everyone who's listening is just, you know, grateful about, you know, their health. And it's been a, it's been a very tough, tough time for all the creatives and all the freelancers and everybody really got affected in one way, shape or another or another. But fam, I just want to say thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be one of your guests. I will definitely be tuning into other shows and other episodes because everybody has a different moving experience. You got to move sometime. Yeah, <laughs> you got to do it. You got to get out there and see the world. Facts, 100%. Thanks so much, Hass. God bless you. And we say, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And what does that mean? Peace be upon you. It's the greetings of Islam. That's how Muslim people greet each other every single day, um, wow. which is something I talk about with Anna all the time, because one thing I just want to say about Anna real quick, obviously I met her three years ago and um, I knew of her before, but then it's incredible to see her, all these kind of stereotype and, and, and things kind of getting squashed because I'm really open when it comes to religion and, and life and Islam. And, you know, she's seen me um, obviously talk about Hajj and talk about pilgrimage, talk about Ramadan. And when she was in the other radio stations, they were not even allowed to even talk about Ramadan or even say Ramadan. I was like, why? Because they were afraid to say something wrong that will hurt, you know, the Muslims. I'm like, you know, nothing, nothing could hurt. If you're coming from a perspective of learning, nothing could. Islam is all about tolerance as well. And I love just talking about that a lot. So yeah, this is what, how we greet each other every... Have you taught Anna to say that? That's how she says it the whole time. She greets people like that the whole time. People go crazy when they like, because obviously she, they know that she's, you know, obviously, yeah. you know, not Arab. She's and, Western. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, salam alaikum. I'm like, oh, salam alaikum. Oh my God, what's up? And the, 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 the people change automatically. One point when we first joined in, we used to finish the show and then come down. And then there was a group of ladies sitting down and then obviously they're Arabs and locals and they're sitting. And I would say salam. And eventually I told Anna, maybe you can also say salam and that will, you know, that will encourage them maybe to talk to you because maybe they feel that there's a language barrier. They don't speak English. So when she said that, the smiles on their faces. And yeah, she's, she's speaking a little bit Arabic right now. A few words Arabic here and there, which is interesting. Yeah. Well, and also it's just a show of respect in some ways because she's making an effort to actually speak their language. Oh, hundred percent. And I think she, no, she's doing... Uh, an amazing job like that. I always, when we meet our boss, I always talk about, especially with Anna, like how I was able personally for me, just by being on the show to change certain perceptions that Anna might have had before. Anna's been here for 10 years now. Now out of which three years been with me. So seven years, she's been accustomed to a certain type of Islam, maybe a certain type of whatever. And now that all kind of changed, which is interesting to me. And yeah, like you said, but she's very receptive and very understanding about that. And I love that about her, you know? 
I'm interrupting today's episode to tell you about a very exciting upcoming episode where I will be interviewing broadcaster and global voice of Emirates, Anna Schofield from Pulse95 in the UAE. Anna has been living in Dubai for 10 years with her family and has tons to share about her experience there, along with some very helpful insights for families moving over for the first time. Anna is a British voiceover artist and radio host of 20 plus years, who has won a Sony Award and an invite to Buckingham Palace for her contribution to broadcasting. It's an extremely exciting interview and I'd love you to join us. Episode 12, Moving to the UAE, an interview with Anna Schofield. I like her, but then, you know, she's my sister, so. <laughs> yeah, no, God bless her. No, God bless you guys. But it's so cool. You guys are both cool like, like that. Like, I just want to see you guys kind of talk together. I've interviewed Anna, so you'll be able to hear it. Big love to my sister. Thing. Amazing. Thanks, Hassan. God bless. Bye. Take care. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was Hassan Danawi. And if you want a little bit more of Big Hass, do look him up on YouTube, also at Pulse95. And I will have his links also on the website, familiesmovingoverseas.com. That is it for this week's episode. Bye for now. You've been listening to the Moving Overseas podcast, Family Edition. With Louise Rook. You can find more information at familiesmovingoverseas.com.